This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol Live. It's a freaking Thursday. How's everyone doing this evening? Warlord, it's so good to see you. RB. Always a pleasure, my friends. Twitch, we don't mind if I do. I'm not exactly high. I had a bong. Uh, Curiouser went and got us some some barbecue from a barbecue place. Fantastic. And um, I had a bong packed. Then I went ahead and ate, and I just I haven't had a chance to hit the bong yet. So I'm gonna hit the bong here. Warlord is reverencing Elon Musk. Mandy, good evening. Warlord reverencing Elon Musk. Heading to Twitter headquarters. Apparently, the deadline for him to buy the company before the before the lawsuit moves forward is tomorrow afternoon. So that's why I had said that the word was that it could close as early as this week. I said, I'll believe it when I see it. And I still, even though knowing that the court has imposed that deadline of tomorrow afternoon, I'll believe it when I see it. Elon's going to have to buy the motherfucker. I'm hoping my unban is coming. As you guys know, um, we played the video of Elon apparently moving in to Twitch. 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 Elon apparently moving into Twitter headquarters yesterday. He brought his favorite sink with him. As he did, Justin begged, like, please give me my Twitter account back. Please. I can't like this tweet of you bringing a sink into Twitter headquarters because I am currently banned on Twitter. And I don't, I don't want Justin Freakins back. No, no. I want Mr. Justin Freakin, my original Twitter, the one that I created in like 2010, 2009, whatever it was. I'm assuming Elon and Kanye both are going tits up. I don't think either of them, uh, 10 years, 15 years from now, I think we're going to look back on them and be like, those broke motherfuckers. And Kanye may be tragic. Kanye may be a tragic story. And as I was talking about with the housemate, like, you know, he's a narcissist. So the idea of him just taking himself down... (laughs) Probably not going to happen. He's probably going to want to take other people down with him. Kanye's net worth plummeted hundreds of billions of dollars in the in the span of just a week. In just a week. I'm assuming stock in Iron Maiden is going down. If this meme is not funny to you, it's because you don't know the context of the meme. Which is a good... (laughs) Yes, Donda Academy. Yeah, I don't have Kanye on the list tonight because this is just... I don't want to have to keep doing Kanye stories every night. But now Donda Academy has apparently gone under. And we found out that apparently Kanye made the claim that he doesn't read books a few weeks back. We found out today 
we found out today that he's possibly read one book and it's Mein Kampf. I what this is just a rumor that's going around. This is unconfirmed from people that supposedly are close to Kanye. So take that for what it will. Take that for what what you. I I I'm still kind of on the on the side that Kanye doesn't know how to fucking read. <laughs> I'm still I'm of that opinion. So I I kind of don't put stock in the fact that he read Mein Kampf. Also, having read Mein Kampf is not a an indictment of you. You may just be someone who studies history. I might happen to have a copy of Mein Kampf. It's the really cool version that has like the the historical notes along the way that describes like what is happening in Hitler's life as he is uh, uh, writing about all the different events. Because he wrote Mein Kampf while he was imprisoned before he got out went went on to be, you know, doing a Hitler. Dustin, good evening. <laughs> Maybe you read the audiobook? Possibly, possibly. And I don't want to denigrate anybody that, that reads audiobooks. Like, that is perfectly uh, legitimate. Especially as someone who, who makes money doing audiobooks from time to time. Perfectly legitimate. Some people, like, if you if you drive a lot, it's kind of hard to read a fucking book as you're driving. Audiobooks are wonderful for that. So I'm not begrudging anybody who reads an audiobook. But if this meme does not make sense to you right now, then you should tune in tomorrow night to the Friday Night Freak Show. Where Media Winch and I will play you the clip that will put that into context. Bruce Dickinson in an Iron Maiden concert admonishing a fan in the front row... Chiefing up. All that and more. Plenty of spooktacular stories tomorrow night on the Halloween edition of the Friday Night Freak Show. My favorite spooky bitch, the Media Winch. I shouldn't call her. I shouldn't call her spooky bitch. That's kind of rude. My spooky bay. Did I just call Media Winch a bitch on my on my stream? I'm so sorry. <laughs> what is wrong with me? I need to learn to feel embarrassment. You will learn tomorrow night why Bruce Dickinson apparently doesn't like it when fans smoke the chiba. In the front row of Iron Maiden concerts, which just blows my mind as someone who has been to an Iron Maiden concert high as fuck. What other what other way is there to go to an Iron Maiden concert? Speaking of high as fuck, by the end of this uh, by the end of this stream, I'm going to show you two puppers, two puppers who are high as fuck. They did they did not consume a lot of the edibles. They consumed a little bit of the edibles. And the two of them had completely different reactions, and it's hilarious. Both of them, both of them are fine. Just putting that out there. Putin says there is no reason for a nuclear attack on Ukraine. 
We're going to get the breakdown on the latest going on in the war in Ukraine, Putin's thoughts, the U.S. response to his saber rattling. Goldman Sachs is still warning of a recession. Goldman Sachs is still warning of a recession. I'm going to contrast that story with the fact that the economy grew significantly (laughs) over the summer, shattering expectations. Let me repeat that again for you. The U.S. economy grew significantly (laughs) over the summer, shattering expectations. New numbers show that the economy grew significantly over the summer, shattering expectations. I just want to keep saying that because the Democrats aren't going to say that going into the election in less than two weeks now. Even though they probably should, or about two weeks, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't do the maths right. No, under two weeks, under two weeks. It's about 11 days. I don't maths. I don't maths. Geraldo uh, thinks that the Democrats uh, blew their chances by <laughs> by uh, making George Floyd their most important failure. I don't even know what that means, but people are apparently ripping on Geraldo. Usually the voice of reason on Fox, and that's saying something. Ron Klain, the White House Chief of Staff under President Joe Biden been warned about violations of the Hatch Act. This is something that we jumped onto the Trump administration for constantly during his four years in office, so I'm I'm not going to shy away from uh, coming after Biden for the same exact thing. Now, earlier today, uh, I saw this, this thing about Sagar and Jetty, you know, one of the people that I hate most in the online world of commentators, who I would love to have the opportunity to debate. I just want to get big enough. So that's my whole goal with this show is just to get big enough to where I can debate Sagar and Jetty and call him a dumb fuck to his face. But I saw him go off about uh, the White House encouraging boosters. I had not seen the new studies when I started making fun of Sagar for what he said. But new studies show that the reformulated boosters may not work any better than the previous boosters. So let's hear Sagar and Jetty out. I'll show you the the studies that we're referring to before we watch Sagar. And we're still probably going to make fun of him because he's just stupid. Chuggy Boy Schumer, the president of the Senate. Apparently caught on a hot mic telling President Joe Biden that the John Fetterman debate hurt Democrats. I'm not so sure about that. Uh, apparently, the the mood amongst voters has been that it actually softened it, that he was a big scary man beforehand, and that seeing him vulnerable like that actually softened his image. That seems to be the prevailing narrative, as far as I can tell. Political pundits aren't really picking up on that. Oregon gun store was linked to a Mexican cartel attack that took down a helicopter. Interesting. A St. Louis, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the St. Louis school shooter 
was apparently denied the opportunity to buy a gun. Multiple police visits were made to his house. We're going to hear from Daryl Brooks's mom. Daryl Brooks, the, the uh, Waukesha. I said it wrong. I even clipped it last night. I clipped, I clipped the, the, the segment and put it up on YouTube. I said it wrong every fucking time. Waukesha. Kept saying Waukesha. <laughs> like 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 fucking Kesha, the the musical The musical singer that makes the, the songy notes. Seriously, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm really struggling. The Waukesha parade killer who was found guilty on 76 counts, six counts of intentional homicide, 60 counts of reckless endangerment, who will most definitely be spending the rest of his life in prison. We're going to hear from his mom. His mom reacted to the verdict being read yesterday. I've got an update on the pro-fishing scandal. You'll remember a few weeks ago, some of the men in the tournament used the winner of stuffing their fish, and by God, they did. There were weights and other fillets of fish inside the fish. We've got an update on the action being taken against the uh, cheaters. A Jeopardy contestant apparently got the answer hilariously wrong, and the clip has gone viral, so... Of course, I got to play it. So often when we do um, stories about trans people on the show, they're not very uplifting. So, and I don't even know that this one is uplifting. This, <laughs> this comes to the point like, good on her, but also fuck capitalism and beauty pageants kind of fucking suck and are exploitative anyway. But a Thai trans businesswoman has now bought... The Miss Universe pageant. So good on her. Good on the representation for the trans community. Pageants are probably shit. And, you know, fuck her for being a capitalist. She probably will, will you know, nothing personal. When we raise the boards, you might get there. You might get put there as well. I'm trying to, trying to think of a way to say it to where I don't violate TOS. All that and more tonight on the Troll Patrol live. Girl of the Gray, clinically. Dustin, I shouted you. Woke Kesha. Yes, Woke Kesha. Thank you, RB. Mox, good evening. Ida, so glad to see you. Okay, I don't take any, I don't take any, uh, like, if I do take something with me to a concert, it is usually a joint just because those are easy to dispose of, right? Self-contained, easy to dispose of. But I I do my best to get as high as I fucking can before I go in the arena. And if I have to, that includes going and getting in my seat, watching the opening act, and then figuring out if I have enough time between the opening act and the uh, headliner to go back to my vehicle, get a little more high. <laughs> Ha 
Ida, I know the the right wing does such a better job of selling Democratic candidates to the the leftist base. <laughs> they do such a great job of selling the candidates. Much better job than the Democrats do of selling their candidates. Fox, the crazy wave of not COVID. This is just anecdotal. This is just anecdotal, but I've heard they're they're at hospitals. They're trying to to keep it under wraps and call it anything but COVID. I don't know what the motivation would be for that. If this is a, an edict that comes from the hospitals specifically that I've heard the anecdotes from are very corporate hospitals. They're very corporate entities in a very red state. Edibles are great for concerts and sporting events. Vape pens. I wanted to get a vape pen just for concerts. So I could get a little more high in the middle of the concert. That is something that, you know, uh, you get to the end of the concert, and usually you're getting, you know, the the hitting you with the bangers. You know, their encores are going to be some of their, their best songs. You want to be incredibly high for that, you know. I, my buzz had wore off by the time I saw Radiohead do Karma Police at the end of the show. Still, 14,000, 15,000 people, you know, singing I Lost Myself, along with with uh, uh, Tom York, was still amazing. But it would have been nice to have had a little bit more of a buzz for that. I was lucky at Lady Gaga, the woman next to me, and I don't know if she thought I was gay or something. Like, she was all over me. She told me she was married. But she was all over me. She was super fucking friendly. Sitting next to her, her mother-in-law. But I, I just assumed she thought I was gay because I was alone at a Lady Gaga concert. <laughs> uh, and, and she was like, here, you want some gummies? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I would love some gummies. But still, I don't, I don't enjoy edibles as much as I enjoy uh, smokables. Smokables are my favorite, and I don't know if that's just in my head. I prefer the buzz, but that is myself. Sobered up and found myself. Well, I mean, I was high on the... The Radiohead show was another one of those that was like... uh, If you were here last night when I was describing seeing Roger Waters, Radiohead was another one of those like that. Only I have more and more love for Radiohead as the the years go on. I don't have a love-hate relationship with Radiohead. I think they're pretty fucking cool. They're not, they're not the, there are people who listen to nothing but Radiohead and will tell you that Radiohead is the greatest band ever in existence. And those people are wrong. <laughs> those people are wrong and need to listen to more music. However, I, I grow more fond of Radiohead the, the more I, 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 I go on. They're not tarnishing their they're not tarnishing their legacy. Oh, clinically, what are you booing me for? Now I will say I will too much of any one band is bad. Too much of any one band is bad. Well it's also like I'm a huge tool fan, but like those people that are, are insane tool fans that think tool is the greatest band hands down, and I was one of those people at one point in time. Those people are also very fucking wrong. 
And even Maynard will tell you, hey, go listen to King Crimson. That's a much better band. If you're open-minded and would rather listen to better music than Tool, go listen to King Crimson. And Maynard's right. And the, and the Deadheads, man, like, I, I, I don't even really get the appeal of the Grateful Dead. I've got a few songs I like, but man, I, I had a thing with a Deadhead one time. And listening to, like, a whole live album is a chore. It's a chore. I do thank her for turning me on to the Dead Milkmen. I'd never heard of the Dead Milkmen until I was uh, hanging out with her. What a fantastic fucking band they are. And also, she's the one that made me go with her to uh, the business I'm not a punk rocker. Apparently, the business is like you know, like OG punk rockers. They're British, and they're like the original fucking scene. They weren't like a sellout band that got like like way too big and everything. I'd never heard of them, but they put on a hell of a fucking show, and that was an experience. I'm glad I got to I got to have. I don't. I, I think the singer died, and they're not a band anymore. But they were like. They were legendary in the small punk scene, apparently. I I mean, like, I would never turn down, especially a, a as being as big a fan of live music as I am, I'd never turn down going to a Grateful Dead show, especially if I could rewind and go, you know, in, in their prime. Back to the news. Hold on, let me get a little more high. Is there not a screen thing that pops up when you guys do that? You might not have redeemed it. You were just telling me to go back to the news. Oh, let me turn it. Oh, by the way. So we had... We had... Barbecue for dinner. And at this barbecue place, one of their sides is a really awesome blue cheese dip. And they give you like saltine crackers to eat with the blue cheese dip. I was sitting here at my desk eating my my crackers and my uh, blue cheese. And it's kind of dark in here. I don't know if you guys can tell. I got the mood lighting and everything. My bong was sitting right here next to me. And it was, you know, I freshly packed a bong for after dinner. And I thought I had knocked pot out of it. And there was pot all over my desk. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like trying to like pick up the crumbs. But it was crackers. It was crackers from where I was eating my blue cheese. Anima is by far my favorite album. That is Peak Tool. I wish I could I wish I could tell them like, hey guys, not every one of your songs has to be fucking 13, 14 minutes. Use the use the anima. You can, you know, have kind of concise songs. Stink Fist was, you know, what, six or seven minutes. Anima is like six or seven minutes. They're shorter. They're on the shorter side. And they're better off for it. 
don't get me wrong, Mox. Don't get me wrong. My favorite Tool songs are probably all the ones that are like, well, not all the ones. My favorite Tool songs are like Third Eye is my absolute favorite fucking song, and it's like 13 minutes. Uh, Reflection is one of my absolute favorite Tool songs, and it's like fucking 16 minutes. But you can't have a whole album of 13-minute songs. Fear Inoculum is a chore to listen to. I was one of the first people in the country to see Descending and Invincible live. Wasn't that impressed. Like Descending a hell of a lot more after I got to listen to it on headphones and heard everything that's going on. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, uh, nuance in that song. Adam smoked the crackers. Are you talking about Tool? Yeah, fuck them. I don't think Tool's bigoted, though. Maynard's pretty fucking based. One of the reasons why I'm as far left as I am is because of Maynard. If I hadn't discovered Maynard at that, at that point in time in my life, if I wasn't like 15, 16 years old uh, listening to a uh, uh, fucking opiate eulogy I wouldn't be who I am today cause I was walking around with a what would Jesus do bracelet and shit the music hooked me in and then like I got to start listening to the lyrics and shit they introduced me to Bill Hicks my favorite comedian first time I ever heard Bill Hicks was on a Tool song he's in the liner notes of Anima so that made me that made me check out Bill Hicks and what would my life have been? And also, Maynard is my idol. I mean, my fucking cat's named after him. I didn't name him, but a cat named Maynard needed a home, and I just kind of thought that was a sign from, from the universe. Well, if your name is Maynard, you want to come live with me, apparently. Maynard James Kitten is his name. I don't believe that, Adam. Like, I'm not, like, I know he was just on there, like, today or something. I fucking, I don't believe Maynard would say that. Okay. Yeah, he was on there today. I don't remember it happening in the past. I think I would have known. And we're also talking about a dude who fucking cross-dressed on stage for years. Talking about a guy who is incredibly progressive and very open to to loving other people, especially the the dregs and degenerates of society. So I kind of I I find that hard to believe. We're talking about a man who is constantly cross dressing and seems to pay homage to the drag community. So if you if you have just heard seen a headline or or one little clip out of context or something, please please don't come at me. Some people do get chutty as they age, but also some people fucking misinterpret shit. What is up, Sky Comet? Good evening. How are you, my friend? 
I needed a uh, I needed somebody to back me up on uh, Sky Comet. Have you been to Camden Park? You might have lived close enough in the vicinity, or you might have like lived close enough to Six Flags to say, "Fuck Camden Park." Never been to that fucking rundown amusement park. I mentioned that last night. I wondered if there was anybody in the audience that could have possibly have been to that shithole amusement park. But as I said, you could have lived close enough to Cedar Point, Six Flags, to have never ever, yeah, Kings Island. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, I just. What I know of Maynard, and I'm not one to take up for personalities, you guys know this, but like what I know of Maynard just wouldn't lend itself well to him being a transphobe. You know, the amount of cross-dressing he has done on stage, which was constant earlier on in his career and now like you know the the perfect circle he's always this is my feminine side and shit I imagining that man being transphobic is just kind of hard for me (laughs) Billy Corgan's a piece of shit but also I don't, I don't know, like, Billy Corgan doesn't, like, cross-dress per se. He just, I don't even know what you could call the fucking shit Billy Corgan. I say this as someone who, my God, <laughs> I really like Smashing Pumpkins music. I think Billy Corgan is a gigantic piece of shit. I also don't know that Billy Corgan is a transphobe. And also, like, I, 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 I don't know what you're referring to. I don't really want to argue about fucking he said, she said bullshit. That's, that's, it's something I've made pretty clear on this channel. So basically, like, People are allowed to have uh, shit opinions and evolve. But I just, I kind of, I kind of doubt that he had a shit opinion, maybe made a shitty joke. I just, I can't imagine that guy being a, a, a transphobe. Billy Corgan, all the rest of it goes with it. Like, Billy Corgan is a right-wing asshole anyway. Maynard is not. <laughs> I've heard him say some shit about woke and everything, but I don't even think he knows. I don't think he knows what woke is, and he's just got friends that, that say that shit. But his political opinions are, like, spot on. Uh, 
I could imagine Maynard has stinky bongos right there in that in that particular picture. I'm sorry, someone redeemed get back to the news like fucking 20 minutes ago. My apologies. See, Adam, that's why you can't do this stupid shit. You owe, you, I, if I could, if I could refund your points, I would. I don't think I can. We're going to start off tonight with the war in Ukraine. U.S. is stance on... Putin's latest saber rattling. Apparently, Putin has backed off on saying he would use nuclear weapons against Ukraine. We're going to go to DW News for this. We begin the day with the war in Ukraine, according to Vladimir Putin. Today in Moscow, in a rare, partly unscripted public discussion, Russian President Putin attacked the West, accusing it of using the military and money to undermine Russia's national The news does suck. You're right, Snick. Good evening. Putin accused the U.S. and its European allies of fueling the war in Ukraine. He doubled down on his commitment to securing the Donbass region in eastern Ukraine and still referring to the invasion as a special military operation. Putin went down the list of reasons for the conflict, but there was a noticeable omission. Putin said nothing about his goal of cleansing Ukraine of its neo-Nazis. He also made it clear who qualifies now as an ally to Russia. Topping the list, China, which has declared a no-limits partnership with Russia. And there is also something personal here for Putin as well. Today he called Chinese President Xi Jinping a close friend. Here is part of what Vladimir believe Putin that. said today. He begins by lashing out at the West. The historical period of undivided dominance of the West in world affairs is coming to an end. The unipolar world is becoming a thing of the past. We stand... He's right about that. I mean, he's right about that. The the U.S. world order is crumbling. At a historical frontier. After all, quite recently... We thought that we were turning into a semi-colony. We could not do anything without our Western... Warlord chimes, I was like, uh, LOL, no. You you shush, you British person. Your your country is even worse shape than ours. <laughs> we're, we're talking about the West uh, no longer being able to insert fl- influence on the global South. That's a huge uh, that's a huge deal. China is emerging as the the leading world power where developing countries are going to them for help with issues instead of the US. So I mean the the US has lost its dominance in in world affairs. There's no doubt about it. And we don't have the UK to back us up. Italy is going fascist. France is barely holding together a, a liberal coalition at the moment. Got you've got a a Eastern European bloc that's going pretty fucking fascist. Russia is trying to assert dominance, but may uh, end up shooting itself in the foot because of it. Not being able to fuck up the the American South and Africa and Africa is a good thing. Unfortunately, the power vacuum in Africa 
is, is spawning some some real issues. Not that, not that the power vacuum in South America isn't either. These rebel factions and cartels and gang wars and shit. Germany is financially stable, but also on the decline. California just overtook Germany. If California was its own country, it would be the fourth largest economy in the world now. Germany would be the fifth. But California is not its own country. But I'd just like to point that out because there, there's so many realities that the right doesn't even acknowledge. Like I said multiple times, the the economy grew at a tremendous rate over the summer. Shocking everyone. But like there, there's there's realities that need to be repeated. But let's let's get back to Putin talking about the decline of the West. Called Chinese President Xi Jinping a close friend. Here is part of what Vladimir Putin said today. He begins by lashing out at the West. The historical period of undivided dominance of the West in world affairs is coming to an end. The unipolar world is becoming a thing of the past. We stand at a historical frontier. After all, quite recently, we thought that we were turning into a semi-colony. We could not do anything without our Western partners. We can't make financial calculations. We won't have technologies. We won't have markets. All we have to do is click and everything falls apart. But no, nothing fell apart. And the fundamental foundations of the existence of the Russian Federation turned out to be much stronger than someone thought about it. Maybe we ourselves thought. Well, my first guest tonight is Bill Browder. He's the CEO of Hermitage Capital. Uh, they are the only country that experienced negative GDP growth this, this past year. The UK uh, just kind of went flat in terms of GDP growth. And the US did well. It's that's the realities of the situation. Uh, Mandy brings up him not looking good. There have been rumors about Putin's health for many months now. A lot of people think that he is uh, not doing well and that he's getting more and more erratic with his behavior because of it. Bill is also head of the global Magnitsky justice campaign. Bill is considered an authority on all things Vladimir Putin. Bill, it's good to see you. Again, I want to get your take on on, on some of the things we heard today. Putin said today that Russia stands for multipolarity and for traditional values. Uh, Who was he speaking to today? And and I dare say that his intended audience may not have been sitting right there before him in Moscow. Uh, Definitely not. So so, um, his his audience is actually sitting, or his his hoped-for audience uh, is sitting in America. And so basically Vladimir Putin is in a very tough spot right now because I'm, I'm not sure why the Hermitage um, CEO is, is the person we're consulting on this fighting so well. And also primarily because he's the, the Ukrainians have been getting a huge amount of military support from the United States of America and of course Western Europe. But if if Putin can somehow convince the United States not to support Ukraine, 
then he'll be in a position where he can actually win the war. And so what is he doing right now? He's trying to um, reach out to the grassroots of the far right in America in hopes that in 2024, um, with the next presidential election, uh, there will be a groundswell of support not to have Ukraine be funded by America. And so this is kind of a almost a Hail Mary, if you will, because he's doing so badly in the war. Well, well there, there is this concern in the U.S. that if Republicans win control of Congress... That is an interesting take. Month, that, that will be the beginning of the end of, of this incredible U.S. military support for Ukraine. How much would you say that... Well, I didn't even think about that in terms of the Republicans taking control of Congress. Um, ...grenade to explode on Capitol Hill come November. I hadn't even thought about the the, the ramifications for Ukraine. Really he can't win the war militarily. At the moment, um, he's lost 65,000 troops, according to the Ukrainians. He's lost a lot of territory he's taken. The people he's replaced are not experienced soldiers. They're getting bombed by uh, Ukrainians using Western equipment. And so he really is... Mr. Bowles! He's, he's really play, playing dice now. He's just hoping and praying that he can somehow make the U.S not support him. And, and I, I don't think that in the end... Wishing I, and hoping and thinking and praying. Do we get more of the, the... We don't get more of the speech. I wanted more of the speech. That's the whole reason I got this piece. I wanted more of the speech. Fuck you, DW News. I didn't want your talking heads. I want to actually hear what Putin had to say. One of two things is happening. So the U.S. is is close to some sort of diplomatic deal, and they didn't want the Congressional Caucus, because I, I, I have faith in the Progressive Caucus, who wrote the letter, and if they backed off that quickly, I would hope that it is because the Biden administration told them that they were close to being able to broker a deal, and that they didn't want the letter to harm their efforts. I mean, any deal with Putin is probably going to have to come with concessions of the Donbass region or whatever. But I, I, I don't know what the U.S. would want out of that situation. I, I hate that we didn't get more of the Putin speech. That's what I was really wanting. Because apparently later on in the speech, he said that he uh, he found the use of new nuclear weapons against Ukraine, you know, to be an absurd proposition, which is reassuring. However, if if he was going to pull a false flag and blame it on Ukraine, that's exactly what he would say, right? Man, the idea that he would face no opposition. If Trump was to retake power in 2024, what does that mean for our election? We're in for a wild time over the next couple of years, I do believe. Goldman Sachs is still warning of a recession. Oh, this isn't an...
Speaking at the Future Investment Initiative Summit in Saudi Arabia, CEO David Solomon not only warned that a prolonged recession is approaching, this is the CEO of Goldman Sachs, but that the Fed will likely raise interest rates above 4.5%. Yeah, that's not good for you guys. There is no question that economic conditions are going to tighten meaningfully from here, the executive said, adding that even if policymakers hike rates to 4.5%, they may push them even higher depending on how the labor market reacts. I never think I took a hit when somebody redeemed the weed. I'm sorry. I was holding it in my hand. I was bogarting it, as the kids say. If they don't see real changes in behavior, my guess is they'll go further, he maintained. Generally, when you find yourself in an economic scenario like this where inflation is embedded, it's very hard to get out of it without a real economic slowdown. Yeah, Cicero, I'm sure I'm sure it's a very long speech. That's why I was hoping DW gave us a good, you know, fifteen minute chunk of it. That's that's what I was hoping for. But no. I highlighted earlier, the economy actually grew over the summer. Grew significantly in the third quarter, ending six months of shrinking. Celebrating the new numbers on the economy today, unexpected good news on GDP. The gross domestic product, of course, a measure of goods and services produced, increasing 2.6% this last quarter. The president saying the deficit now cut by $1.4 trillion this year. The president in Syracuse to highlight a pledge by the U.S. company Micron to invest up to $100 billion there to build semiconductor facilities in central New York, creating jobs and making those chips in America. Today, the GDP results came out and the economy, in fact, is growing. So economic growth is up. The price of inflation is down. Real incomes are are up and the price of gas is down. So let's bring in Terry Moran live at the White House there tonight. And Terry, Americans, of course, still dealing with inflation, but these were encouraging GDP numbers today. Uh, The president obviously trying to make the case for voters here with 12 days until the midterms uh, to stay the course that he points to these GDP numbers saying this is the right policy uh, and that uh, a change in course would not be good at this point. But it's a tough case to make. It is, David, because, of course, the economy is not numbers, it's people's lives. And President Biden himself acknowledged that, saying he knows it's, quote, still tough for a lot of people. And then there's the fact that while voters have consistently been telling pollsters inflation and the economy are their top issues, Democrats have been investing. Oh, shit, that was the wrong one. I was just reading it. I'll pop it up here in a second. Abortion and threats to democracy. That's been a cut. I got you within the within the party. And so now uh, the president out there trying to make this good economic news front and center in the midterms. It is good. Historically low unemployment. Uh, and for oh, that was the wrong. That was the wrong link. growth that you mentioned. But any veteran policy the one I just put up that it is hard to change the argument in an election this late in the day, especially on an issue the Democrats have mostly been avoiding. David. Terry Moran, as you know, 12 days to go. We'll see you right here on election night. Government's official economic report card showing a rebound. In yes, ec- go go to that link that Curious or just dropped and vote for number three. Warlord said he liked number two, and then I pointed out number two was fucking stenciled. Wasn't even carved. If you are on Facebook, 
Go drop a, a, a like for number three. Let me give you a, a look at what it actually looks like when it's lit up. Curious who did a really good job at carving it. I went in there and was like, my God, look at the detail. I The first thing I thought was number eight was cool, but then I, I thought about it and I'm like, number eight isn't carved either. Number eight isn't carved either. Six is cool. I like six. Five, four, you guys, you didn't carve them. You didn't carve them. Creativity, creativity points, yes. Yes, Curiouser uh, carved number three. Oh, shit, wrong one. <laughs> this is what it looked like when it was lit up. Go give her, go give her a vote. Well, yeah, as I've been saying for months, though, the economy is is a mixed bag. It's hard to really tell what is going on. This NPR article uh, outlines that. The um, the apparent improvement, however, is largely the result of fluctuations in things like international trade, which don't reflect the underlying health of the economy. They made GDP look artificially weak in the first half of the year while pumping up the most recent figure. But we've been saying all along, like, some the job market is strong. Wages are growing. Wages aren't outpacing inflation. There are good indicators and there are bad indicators in the economy, and it's really hard to tell. I don't think anybody that is writing about the economy or talking about it on the cable news outlets have any fucking idea about anything, especially not Jim Cramer. And Jim Cramer is so bad that I would actually say, do the opposite. Do the opposite. (laughs) She heard us talking about elections, so she's like, here, come in here and vote. Fair enough, fair enough. Do you want to hit the bong or did you say, did you tell me you were getting sick? Is that, is that why you didn't decline the bong earlier? Ooh, yeah. Rostafarian. What is up, my friend? Thank you for being a freaking follower. So glad to have you. Somebody beat me to it. Oh my God, there's actually a Kramer inverse. Yes, yes, go follow that. If you want to, if you want to, if you want to win in the stock market, follow Nancy Pelosi's husband. There are stock trackers that tell you what Nancy Pelosi's husband's doing. That one will always lead you. Uh, that one will lead you right. What, like 76 percent of the time? It was an insane number. Oh shit! I can, I'm smacking my microphone, smacking it, smacking it. Sorry, my apologies. 
But I'd be remiss if I didn't, uh, while we're talking about money, actually give you a good education on money. (laughs) Congratulations. This is Robert Kiyosaki uh, for PragerU. So, it's PragerU. They're going to educate us on what to do with money, on, on economics, so that we can make smart investments. PragerU is never going to lead us wrong. They're not stupid. Graduates, you now have a degree in psychology, philosophy, sociology, feminist studies, pre-med, or dozens of other possible subjects. Yeah, but there's weird that you threw those out. Like, me specifically, I have a, a degree in philosophy and communications. That's that's what I do. Uh, like, the... the uh, I, I can't even remember what the most likely degree is. It seemed like it was, it was pharmacist or pre-med or some shit like that is the most likely degree someone's going to go into. As you step off the podium with your degree in hand, here's a question for you. Did you learn anything about money? Did you learn anything about debt, taxes, or why the rich keep getting richer? As you in the real world, based Prager you? your bankers will not ask you for your college degree or your grade point average. Bankers want to see your financial statement, not your report card. You know how to read textbooks. You're highly literate people. But are you financially literate? Do you know how to read a financial statement? I learned more playing Monopoly than go to business college? After all your hours in the classroom, how high is your financial IQ? I'm guessing that for most... If if you learn more playing Monopoly than going to school, then I think that, that says more about your application of yourself while you were in school. Who are you exactly? Aren't you a professor? The answer is, I don't know. Some of you will reply, I don't care. On graduation day, all you may care about is making a difference in the world. But if you don't care about money, money won't care about you. And you'll probably wind up in your parents' basement. In the real world, money is always a problem. If you don't have money, that... Oh, God, this dude is a grifter. He's a grifter. (laughs) He's like a financial guru that goes around giving speeches and shit. American businessman is what they call him. Rich Global LLC and Rich Dad Company, a private financial education company that provides personal finance and business education. The problem, I was born and raised in Hawaii, and I'm best known for Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the most popular book about financial education ever published. My poor dad was my real dad, my biological father, a very smart, highly educated man, a PhD. Are we heading for some daddy issues here? Of Hawaii, but he knew little, if anything, about money. Wow, this I can see where this is going. <laughs> like his dad probably didn't care about accumulating wealth, and this kid's like, "What? Not wealth? Capitalism? Yep, yep, yep." My rich dad was the father of my best friend. Rich dad never went to high school, much less college. When he was thirteen years old, his father died, and he had to take over the family business. 
Rich Dad got his real-life education in the real world of business. Although he lacked a formal academic education, he understood the world of money and became a rich man. Although my poor dad was highly educated, he struggled with money. Allow me to tell you what, what actually happened is the dude that is apparently you know educated in money learned how to exploit people. And the poor dad, who was Secretary of Education for Hawaii and had a PhD, uh, got more out of life and was more learned and cosmopolite. A well-rounded individual. Money, all his life, and ultimately died a poor man. Like most people, my poor dad thought the way to become financially secure <laughs> was simply to earn more money. So he would work harder, get promoted, and get a pay raise. He got plenty of raises, but he didn't get any richer. To the graduating class, I passed on my poor dad's big mistake. Although a highly educated man, a PhD, who attended Stanford, University of Chicago, This is just some daddy issue shit. Poor dad was financially illiterate. Poor dad did not know the difference between assets and liabilities. Poor dad always called our family home an asset. He also said our home is our biggest investment. Rich dad said, your dad may be a PhD, but he does not know his house is not an asset. His house is a liability. Assets put money in your pocket, whether you work or not. Liabilities take money from your pocket, whether you work or not. My poor dad kept calling liabilities assets. That's why he was poor. The rich acquire assets. No, poor and middle no, class no. If you, if you bought a home anytime between like the 60s and the 90s, that the, the value of that home has skyrocketed because the value of real estate has gone up. Mandy, I'd say that that there wasn't actually good info in the book. It was just shit that sounded good. This guy's a slick salesman. Abilities they think are assets. Come to terms with this concept and you will start your journey towards financial freedom. Reject it and you'll be like my poor dad. With that kind of future staring you in the face, it's no mystery why so many of your contemporaries favor socialism over free market capitalism. Capital like my mom's home is worth like five, six times what it was when she built the it. These sentiments have a lot. This is what I'm talking about. Because they teach you to blame others for your money problems. You're a victim of the capitalist system. And there's a post 2008 from those who have it. Houses are a liability because the price is too high. Believed. Here's the irony. It's not the rich who are obsessed with money. It's the poor and middle class because they never have enough of it. Okay, so here's the thing is uh, I always look for shit like this for the end of the show. And I just happen to have this in my in my uh, my backlog of all the videos that I keep saved. And I was like, you know what? We're doing the financial news here. We'll just insert 
the PragerU video right here. I had no clue who the dude was. Did not watch the, the video at all. But was able to figure it out pretty fast. And I think that's kind of the fun part of it. I saw right through his grift almost immediately. But that first thing he said, that first thing he said was was super fucking based. I'm like, oh, is Prager you going to do something based here? And then like just a few sentences later, I'm like, oh shit. I've heard this one before. <laughs> I've heard this one before. <clears throat> I can tell these like motivational speaker grifters from a mile away. And then when he lumped his dad in with it. Now we're getting now we're getting some Pegger you. You live in sexual anarchy. Igloo, my man. Somebody shout Igloo out. How are you this evening, friend? As I said before, all throughout the Trump administration, we bitched about hatch violations, so I would not lead you wrong by not mentioning that the White House Chief of Staff for the Biden administration has also been admonished for violating the Hatch Act. White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain has been put on notice by the Office of Special Counsel that he violated federal law when he retweeted a partisan political message from his government Twitter account. Klain's tweet, which he later removed, violated the Hatch Act that bars government officials from using their position to engage in partisan political activity, according to a letter Wednesday from the Office of Special Counsel. No disciplinary action will be taken against Klain, the letter said, and the matter is considered closed. He deleted the tweet. Uh, A far less egregious example than the many examples we had of the Trump administration, including them just holding a political rally at the White House. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Arizona here in a second. Oh shit. I didn't catch the ads on Twitch, but like Tones was in here like making it rain, so I'm assuming like everybody on Twitch has <laughs> has a subscription right now and isn't seeing the ads that are playing, so we just gonna go on. I've been trying. I've been trying to play the whole like three minute ad break for the hour all in one chunk, so like nobody has to deal with ads other than in that one chunk. And I play my ads, and we I take a PP break. Encourage you guys take a PP break. Go go get something to eat. High hopes we're riding on the new Omicron booster this autumn. But they may not work any... Aw, ba- Girl of the Grey. I don't have any... I don't have any... I don't have any on-screen graphics about love. Holisven. 
I am so sorry if I fucked your name up, but thank you for being a freaking follower. Polisvin. Am I at least close? Thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy to see you. I need, I need, I need, I need an on-screen graphic about, you know, loving you guys instead of, you know, Lindell smoking crack. I was on crack. Right, right. Oh, Oh, yeah, I did put up kind of a shocker of a story here and then start talking about something else. Yeah, Mox, yeah, unfortunately. Um, High hopes for riding on the new Omicron boosters this autumn, but they may not work any better than the original. And we're dealing with two new highly mutated strains, new Omicron boosters that were initially touted as offering better protection against more recent COVID strains may not be any more effective than the original jabs, according to two new studies published this week. Those were uh, those who received the new Omicron booster as their fourth COVID shot had a similar immune response to a variety of COVID variants as those who received a fourth shot of the original vaccine, according to a study from Columbia University and the University of Michigan both published on Monday. A Harvard University-affiliated paper released Tuesday came to the same conclusion. Ooh. The original vaccine and updated booster performed very similarly. Both markedly increased antibody response, though not the response of T-cells, the often neglected other half of the immune system that doesn't prevent infection but can reduce the severity of it. Both papers cite immune imprinting as a potential reason for the new booster's inability to outperform the original vaccines. It's a phenomenon in which an initial exposure to a virus, say the original strain of COVID, by infection or vaccination, limits a person's future immune response against new variants. Repeatedly updating COVID vaccines might not be fully effective. Owing to the phenomenon, Australian scientists warned in a 2021 paper published in the journal Trends, in immunology. Are we all going to need to smoke some crack now? I was on crack. Right. Right. <laughs> Cases are going up. But so far, deaths have continued to decline. But cases are going up. So let's proceed with extreme caution. It would probably be pertinent anytime you're in a crowd of people to wear a mask. Now, it's it's definitely not foolproof if everybody's not doing it. It's not even foolproof if everybody's doing it. But my God, is it drastic. Chances drastic go down, as Scott Steiner would say. Your chances drastic go down of catching... And if, if anybody hasn't seen that fucking Scott Steiner clip, you have no clue what I'm talking about. So far, we've dodged the bullet on outbreaks at schools. Of in monkeypox, we apparently we have gotten it contained. It was still only in one community. They did a good outreach effort in getting that community vaccinated, and that community isn't a bunch of dumb fucks like the the far right tends to be. So we got monkeypox under control. That's what happened there. Outreach efforts in big cities were successful and the numbers drastic go down 
That might have to be my next. <laughs> that might have to be my next on-screen graphic. Do several of Scott Steiner that, from that one promo, Scott Steiner math. Your chances drastic go down. You guys watch Breaking Points? I check in every now and again, and it usually makes me mad. I mostly have not cared about COVID for like a year now. Occasionally, I would be reminded of how policy was when blue cities refused to drop mask mandates and Uber rides. But by and large, I moved on. Every once in a while, you see someone in a can and five in the grocery store. He didn't like the fact that they refused to drop mask policies and Uber rides. What an entitled little prick. You watched it when it was rising. I think we all did. At the time, there might have been some value to it. Sure, and you think, wow, that's kind of wacky. But look, it's their life. They can do whatever they want. If you look at the data, I'm solidly where most people are. We just don't care anymore. We don't think about it. That's why what just happened at the White House was so bizarre. It was like a TV screen into a different universe. When President Biden got his fifth, I repeat, fifth coronavirus shot in the last two years and encouraged literally everyone to do the same and issued this stark warning. Let's take a listen. So take precautions. Stay safe. Now, remember, Biden is getting his fifth because he was probably one of the absolute first people in the world to get vaccinated. And we all got vaccinated Six, eight months later. So he's he's at that because like the boosters are supposed to be every six to eight months or something like that. So of course he would be on his fifth booster. You can spend Thanksgiving with family and friends with a peace of mind knowing that you've done your part for everyone's well-being. Motherfucker also uh, just had COVID, so he's going to be like super protected. Vaccines easy to get and available for free at tens of thousands of convenient lo- locations. What's your reaction to the Saudis on oil urging you guys not to use reserves? Sir, do you think it was a mistake for New York to withdraw its mandate for vaccines? Say again? Do you think it's a mistake for New York to withdraw its vaccine mandate by the employers? No, I don't think. I, uh, that's a local judgment. Thank you. Lots to unpack there. Fifth time President Biden received the COVID shot on camera with rhetoric reminiscent of the early days of 2021. That's actually what strikes me the most about this. Since 2021, we learned about co- a lot about COVID, about the efficacy of vaccination, of boosters, of Omicron, and more. Absolute tool. And yet, the Biden administration continues to stick with the unscientific notion that getting the Omicron booster after already getting four other shots four, good evening. protects other people that you might be around at Thanksgiving. Now, look, I honestly ignored the news of the Omicron booster, like most of you. A month after its so-called rollout, only 4% of the U.S. public had even gotten one. All of us basically moved on. But now that the White House is pushing it so hard, we've got to delve into just how crazy the approval process of this shot was. I mean, I got one, but it wasn't one month after it was pushed for the fifth shot. Approved. Likely kill other public vaccination campaigns for a long time. Let's start with the latest booster itself. What exactly is the Omicron booster? Wait a minute. This motherfucker. This motherfucker just claimed that the push to get people vaccinated is going to cause other people with other vaccines not to get vaccinated. Not the right wing rhetoric against vaccines in general. That's what that soccer doesn't have a problem with the right wing rhetoric talking about how vaccines aren't effective. No, 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 no. 
it's because the Biden administration is pushing too hard, too hard for vaccines. It's going to cause other people to not get vaccinated for other things. Wow is a bivalent vaccine, which means it contains a mix of mRNA from the original COVID strain and the Omicron variant. The theory behind it is the updated shot will give people more protection against Omicron as it remains the dominant circulating form of the virus across the world. Except there are big problems in how this shot was even approved in the first place. As Dr. and MPH David McCune writes in Dr. Well, let's go to Substack. Sensible Medicine Magazine, the, sen- the bivalent booster shot was approved by the CDC and the FDA with no data from human trials. In fact, Pfizer presented its version of the bivalent booster to the board with data literally from eight mice. Worse, the study on the mice had finished on the very same day that they were even presenting the slide with not one shred of data to provide prevention of severe disease. Pfizer claimed the vaccine reliably raised antibodies, but said even in mice, quote, there was no correlate of protection against COVID. Hmm. What? We just read about the studies and it did indeed raise antibodies. What co- what 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 COVID denier Sagar over here is saying is patently false. I mean, I don't I don't know what that um Substack article said. He he's quoting the Substack article. So I have no idea what what, what they're getting their information from, but we saw that the, you know, University of Michigan and the Harvard studies show that they raised antibodies. David McCune continues, there was no safety data used to approve this vaccine. Quote, literally none. He continues, quote, the committee was uneasy, but ultimately chose to learn about any new side effects after the rollout. So in conclusion, he notes, quote, in choosing an untested new vaccine combination, the FDA opted for speed over evidence in the hope of providing protection from current and future variants. They discussed an ongoing series of boosters with no clear metrics as to how and when this should end. He adds that all we really know about these shots is that a BA5 bivalent vaccine raised antibody levels and in eight mice who received it and lived long enough to have their blood drawn. Anything more is speculation. This is a scandal of epic proportions. How does this get approved widely for the entire general and population? Then, and then to show a parallel claim, okay, the, the claim that we just looked into, the facts that we actually had, the new COVID boosters may not be any better than the old ones. So he made a lot of claims about like them being ineffective, which they are not, and cited a Substack article. Then cut to Bloomberg, which I would assume his audience accepts as reputable for the the far less uh, um, egregious claim and the, the true claim that the boosters aren't any better than the old ones, but they are still as good as the old ones. This is this is this is insane. News that in August he actually wrote that. In August of 2022, and on the very same day that Joe Biden, the CDC, and the FDA just asked us all to take these latest uh, booster shots, 
But researchers at Columbia University and the University of Michigan found that the bivalent booster failed to raise levels of protective antibodies against Omicron variant any more so than the previous four shots. Any more so than the previous one. contradicts findings from both Moderna and Pfizer, which were published two weeks ago, which claimed that they had early positive data to show protection against Omicron, and yet they claimed it on data that was based off of just seven days after after vaccination. Columbia now back to Substack. Three to five weeks out. Furthermore, many might have noticed, as Dr. Prasad did, that the freaking CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, just got COVID this week, literally only one month after getting the so-called bivalent booster. As Dr. Prasad concludes from this episode, quote, before we launch massive vaccination campaigns, we need good evidence that they actually benefit the people we are tasked with protecting and caring. They do. Walensky's infection is a reminder to the American people she doesn't know what she's talking about because she has not asked for good evidence. Consider all the information I just gave you in the context of the president's proclamation that we you should didn't all give rush to get all this the booster, evidence, Sauger. No data to show that it will do a damn thing in protecting people around you this Thanksgiving. And to be clear, I'm not saying it shouldn't. Whoa, be- that was not true at all. That last claim he made that it won't do a damn thing to protect people around you at Thanksgiving is patently false. And now I got Mandy in the chat being an anti-vaxxer. Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. The CDC has uh, has not done a good job. Of of portraying information. One of the, they, okay, so George W. Bush read a book on pandemics and it scared the shit out of him. This story reminded me a lot of Teddy Roosevelt reading um, Upton Sinclair, The Jungle, and then Teddy Roosevelt taking action. The George W. Bush reads this book about fucking pandemics and it scares the shit out of him. And he goes to great lengths to beef up the CDC in our pandemic response. And, and I can't remember what the book is that Bush read. So... You're saying anti-vaxxer shit, shit. so what what am I supposed to say? Uh, So he read that book, and then he beefed up the CDC. And in their playbook, their number one uh, uh, rule for pandemics 
was like, make sure your messaging is always truthful and always straightforward, easy to understand. Okay, Mandy, I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. I can't verify your claim. Uh, There could have been a million different reasons why your mom almost died. Uh, I, I have no clue if it's related to the shot or not. But all data shows the shot is safe and it protects against COVID. Like, that's called an anecdote. I don't allow people that argue with me to come in here and say, Well, it almost killed my mom. Because that's fucking, I can't verify that. I don't know that you have some kind of a bias, that you believe some kind of bullshit. I don't know that the oncologist isn't a fucking nut job fucking right winger. I don't know that the oncologist actually said that. I can't verify those claims. All I know is the data that I have that shows that the vaccine is safe and effective. Your your personal experience means fucking nothing to me. Sorry. I know that sounds cruel. My own mom thinks the vaccine killed my dad, but that's fucking bullshit. More than likely, he speedballed and his heart stopped. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna do it again. Arissa Tum, I can't ever fucking say it right. Eris. What 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 did we decide? What how am I supposed to say it? What am I supposed to call you? Aresima. Speedball will do that. My guess, my guess is My guess is my dad hadn't been around because like back in like two thousand said Ari. Love it. Ari, Ari. I try to be precise. Also, I'm a stoner and always forget. So I'm pretty sure we have this same conversation every time. And my apologies for that. Oh, I might have been on crack. I was on crack. Right. Right. <laughs> and adverse reactions do indeed happen. That's absolutely true. But they are incredibly rare. But I, I just the more likely scenario with my dad, he just had a, he just had his first vaccine. My mom had just had her first vaccine. I'm assuming that he had his vaccine. He got out and about for like the first time since uh, the fucking COVID had hit, and he found some fucking Xanaxes or something, and he already had some pain pills. Motherfucker liked to speedball, so and he probably hadn't done it in in over a year. So he probably did his normal amount and it it fucking killed the, I don't even remember how old my fucking dad was, 68, 69, 70. So I'm, I'm assuming, I'm assuming that's what killed my dad. My mom didn't want to accept it and being an anti-vaxxer. 
because the nurse in my mom's house is the mother of her grandkid. It also turned a little nutty anti-vaxxer. <laughs> so I'm guessing that was just an easier thing to accept than my dad was speedballing and OD'd, which is probably the more likely scenario. Uh, we're on a we're on a witch pursuit thingy. We're on a, a witch pursuit thingy. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm going to have a witch on with me tomorrow night. She kind of a witchy woman. Where's my, where's my, where's my media winch promo? There we go. Friday night freak show tomorrow night. It's a media winch. And my pumpkin that turned out looking a lot more like Hulk Hogan. Doesn't really look like me. And my eyes are kind of off now that I look at it. Warlord thinks it's breaking news that apparently the the Elon Musk era of Twitter has officially begun and that he is he is the owner it has gone through. I'm 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 not of the opinion that that was breaking news enough to stop talking about the COVID at the time. Mr. Balls, you are absolutely right. You're going to have a fun time tomorrow night. She reserved the Halloween episode of the Friday Night Freak Show like two months ago. She's like, I want to be I want to be your guest host on the Halloween episode of the Freak Show. Okie dokie. Producer Dave has asked me if I would like to come aboard for Operation Catterday, that holiday special. So. Keep an eye out for that. I may I may end up with producer Dave on a on a Saturday night. Definitely a hard time to find out you're allergic. As far as I know, I'm not allergic to any of that shit. Once again, like, uh, have I ever even been administered amoxicillin? I think I have. But I'm not quite sure. Uh, I mean, like, some of it is natural talent, but most of it is hard work and dedication. Media Winch was was supposed to send me a picture, but apparently she she was too busy to to take one this week, and that's totally cool. I had to Photoshop her head on somebody else's body. (laughs) We made it work, though. Also, the the hand wasn't holding a knife, but was perfectly positioned to hold the knife, so that was easy for me.
Photoshop took me 10 years before I was ever like where I would consider myself any good with it. Then another five years, I'm like, uh, I feel pretty fucking good about myself. But even like that pumpkin. Like, I didn't know how to, and you can, you can kind of tell that, like, I spent far more time on the eyes making them look like they were carved and shit. But also, I'm like, this is, this is, this is not something I should be spending hours on. <laughs> and I, I really skipped out on the, on the Fu Manchu. But do join us tomorrow night. It's going to be a fun time. On a thumbnail. I spend way too much time on thumbnails, guys. If you're in the Discord, you know about me spending too much time on thumbnails. Because I'll throw them in there. I'll be like, I spent way too much time on this thumbnail. Mox, I thought about it. But I spent way too much time on this thumbnail. And most of it most of it was uh pretty fucking easy. Like this wasn't hard to throw together. The only hard part was, you know, that's actually Taylor Swift's record that Candace was bitching about. That was not the record that was on the record player. And the picture that I had of Taylor Swift's record is is um you know how do i say it it's upright like that <laughs> so it actually takes some skill to be able to bend that record like that and make it look like it was on that record player that was that was the effort that i i really like i can't believe i'm putting this much time into this but the video has gotten a decent amount of views thus far, and it looks like it could be one of those that picks up steam. Yo, oh, the thing about vanishing points and shit, so like, you know, I was in the broadcasting department. But I took classes in the visual arts department, the digital media department, and one of them was uh, visual thinking or something like that, and that's where I learned all about like vanishing points and how to uh, fuck, what else, what else did we, like, there were a lot of, like, basic-ass shit I learned in that class that I fucking needed, that I fucking needed, and I was like, that was not included in my degree, right, it's because I stayed an extra year and just took classes I felt that I needed, and one of them was a compositing class in the digital media department, and fucking A, I need it. That's why I'm like, I'm incredibly good at After Effects now. That's one of, that's one of the reasons why my shit's so cool here on the on the stream. It's it's all After Effects doing this Up kind of shit. yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. And they will move shit around in 3D space like that. Oh, I totally did this in After Effects. Photoshop is indeed a marketable skill, but like 
my my marketability is the fact that like Photoshop's not all I can do. You hire me because I can do everything. I can help you write your script. I do the voiceover for it. Put the music under it. I'll make the video for it. Do your thumbnails. I tell people, I tell people I don't want to do their logos. Uh, Photoshop is a hell of a lot harder than Premiere. Premiere is easy as fuck. Premiere is like Windows Movie Maker. Not to not 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 to sound like condescending or anything. I just I like Premiere is basic. Photoshop, there's so much cool shit you can do in Photoshop. And at the at this point in time, I'm I'm so advanced that Premiere is basically just housing my files. Like putting them together on a timeline. That's what I use Premiere for. I do my audio work and audition, and that's the reason why. That's the reason why I subscribe to the Adobe Suite. Pretty much all of my every every video aspect of my videos I'm making After Effects as opposed to Premiere, but like they're all in the Premiere timeline. I work in Character Animator. I work in Illustrator, Photoshop, and Premiere is just housing. It's just housing everything and putting it together in video form because I'm a, I make videos. I go to Premiere and export that shit. A little inside baseball for you guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, after I I was so intimidated by After Effects. And I felt pretty comfortable with After Effects going into like 2016. I was working at a TV station. And uh, we didn't use After Effects per se. But like the the head production guy that made graphics, the head graphics guy, he had it in his office. And we would go in there and we'd work on projects. And like he, he and I were probably about the same level of After Effects. Like maybe he knew certain other techniques and I knew certain techniques and we would work together and, and fucking figure some shit out and that was actually a great learning experience for me and and that kind of shit was like he would take the project files like we would get shit from where because local TV stations like you know all that branding and shit comes from some corporate entity and your stingers and all your project files and shit they come from some corporate entity and they all look alike but then like the graphics guy might have to go in and make some changes and shit so, and if you had to make changes, you'd have to open it up in After Effects. And, like, so sometimes, like, if we were trying to make a new graphic for something, we needed it to do something. And he was really big on uh, uh, using uh, Logic. It's t- like, I'm still not really good with it. I can go look up uh, if people if people type out the, the what I need to put in. I know how to do that program it to to have logic in its its I don't know how to describe this there are scripts you can use in After Effects to program shit to do things and if you know what you're doing you can write it yourself 
And it's like X value equals blah, 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 and this second and shit, shit. Fucking, I've watched people down. I don't know how they fucking do it because I can't math. I can't math. But if I could do that, I could really harness the power of After Effects. <laughs> but I know I, expressions, putting in expressions on on different keyframes and shit in your, in your compositions. If people have the expressions for me and can tell me what they do, then I can use them properly. But like, I can't go make my own expressions. Prisoner who has his own key. <laughs> Apparently, Senator Chuck Schumer was caught on a hot mic telling Joe Biden that the Fetterman debate hurt Democrats' chances. This is coming from Fox News, so let's see what they have to say. In upstate New York, in Syracuse, uh, touching down just a short time ago, where he's campaigning for Governor Kathy Hochul, who finds herself in an increasingly tight race with the Republican Lee Zeldin. Uh, just a few moments ago, as the president touched down, he was greeted by Hochul and Senator Chuck Schumer, a bit of a hot mic moment. You can hear Schumer talking election strategy with the president. Let's watch here. That In upstate New York, in Syracuse, uh, touching down just a short time ago, where he's campaigning for Governor Kathy Hochul, who finds herself... It is indeed Beltway nonsense. That that yeah, was I'm not the it. kind of hot mic moment I was really even hoping for. It was really a nothing burger, but Fox News is going to play everything up. The polls are tightening in Pennsylvania. I don't think Fetterman's at any any risk of losing... As I said, from what I've heard, it seems that the debate performance softened him. Moving over to Arizona, where we have had some some crazy shit going on in Arizona, guys. We, we've done the story the last couple of nights of armed people guarding drop boxes during early voting in Arizona, specifically in Maricopa County. We watched one woman who was a badass granny, even as she called herself a granny, because they, they, they didn't identify her because... Clearly, you don't want to make her a target of right-wingers. She went straight up to them, got in their face, took video of them, uh, pulled... They had an American flag over their license plate, so it couldn't be seen. She pulled the flag off and took video of the license plate. Props to that woman. Now, now a woman or a, a an arrest has been made after a break-in at Katie Hobbs, who is the Democratic candidate, current Secretary of State in Arizona, and the Democratic candidate for Governor of Arizona, who is in an incredibly close race with Carrie Lake, who is batshit crazy, and I believe polls show her to have like a point or two a lead on Democratic uh, challenger. I guess not challenge, Democratic uh, nominee, uh, Katie Hobbs. News out of Arizona, by the way. Police say an arrest has been made in connection with a break-in at the campaign headquarters of Democratic gubernatorial candidate Katie Hobbs. NBC's Vaughn Hillier joins me now from Phoenix. Vaughn, what can you tell us both about the break-in and about this arrest? 
Right, Chris. This break-in took place, as we were told, on Monday night at the campaign headquarters in the heart of central Phoenix of Democrat Katie Hobbs. The Phoenix PD responded to a call yesterday afternoon from the Hobbs campaign reporting this burglary. There were items, we are told, that were taken. It is not clear whether this was politically motivated or not. Neither the Hobbs campaign or the Phoenix PD are providing details about exactly what was taken from the campaign headquarters. There were a couple uh, footage, uh, a couple uh, photographs that were taken from surveillance footage inside of this office that the Hobbs campaign believes is the individual here who is ultimately arrested, the person of interest in this in, in this case. Uh, at the same time, this individual was arrested. We are waiting for more details from the Phoenix PD, again, as to what exactly was stolen from the campaign headquarters and whether this was politically motivated. Carrie Lake uh, pushed back explicitly last night, suggesting that anybody who would try to make the case that this was somehow politically connected or politically motivated uh, would uh, would essentially amounting to an thank you girl of the gray not my freaking no audience or no actual substance uh, a substantive backing to it echoplex media and justin freaking streams on twitch have better audio than msnbc and nbc news of course that is why we are waiting and pressing the phoenix pd to provide exactly what their investigation has led to at this point because we are just 12 days from this midterm election. And, of course, when you hear a campaign headquarters being broken into, of course, there's reason to have heightened attention, heightened concern as to what led that individual into that specific building. So we don't know much about it. Carrie Lake jumped like, well, why would you accuse me? I don't know, ma'am. Why would we? Apparently, Geraldo is receiving some backlash because of comments he made about George Floyd saying that uh, it was the most important failure of the Democratic Party. And it's going to be interesting to see exactly how he worded it. It went viral online. We're going to go over here to... Well, I think the most important person in the, uh, the, the failure of the Democratic Party is George Floyd. I think that once he was murdered, the, uh, the, the country went crazy with defund the police and everything else. So the Democrats led the charge. Oh, shit. Geraldo. No, sir. No. No. No, no place actually defunded the police. Most places invested more money in their cops. Democrats invested more money in the cops. Now, you guys went wild with this defund the police shit. But very, very unrealistic. Not the country, government. though. Just a, just a just part a of the segment. country. The, not you know, even the Black Lives yeah. Matter, the organization, <clears throat> not the movement. Oh, is there more to, is, is there more to this? No, that's just the that's the clip they wanted us to see. Geraldo Rivera has no business being employed by Fox News. It's telling that they continue to allow him to speak or to allow him on their network to speak. Who is even? Where is this coming from? Which side is this coming from? Now this is from the left. Rollins Martin is definitely the left. I Geraldo is usually the uh, the most level-headed person on Fox. I mean, like, of all the people to kick from Fox. 
Geraldo's usually the one speaking facts. Now, yeah, he's he's stupid when it comes to this, but you know, come on. Come the fuck on. I'm God, I'm I'm so sorry. I'm going to fuck up your name. Tizadaya Sai. I am like I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Can you give me a phonetical uh, spelling of that because I would like to tell you thank you for being a freaking follower I would like to get your name correct when it shows up on my screen we come correct here in this stream if anybody is new here I'd like to sum up my political beliefs with one simple phrase I'd give anything to piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole No B&Es on foot. Adam handing out the advice like Halloween candy in the chat. No B&Es on foot. No sex in the champagne room. Get it right, boys. Oregon gun supplier linked to the downing of military helicopter in Mexico by cartel boss El Mincho. A joint Mexico-U.S. investigation linked a weapon used to blast a Mexican military helicopter out of the sky to a supplier from Oregon according to federal firearms officials referring to the uh, Oregon Courier Journal part of the USA Today Network Oregon indeed eight Mexican soldiers with Sedina Sedina there we go Mexico's national defense and one Mexican police officer died in the 2015 crash on a mission to arrest top U.S. target El Mincho, the world's most powerful cartel boss. But the link between the incident and Portland, Oregon had not been made public until now. Eric Flores, El Lutegu, a Mexican native and U.S. citizen who lived in Portland, now tops the most wanted list of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives. Is blamed for supplying cartel members with a belt-fed 50 caliber semi-automatic rifle. According to Jason Chuddy, who is definitely a chud, Jason Chuddy, spokesman for the ATF's Seattle Field Division, which includes Oregon. The short summary under his photo on the ATF's website mentions an indictment charging the 40-year-old fugitive with illegally buying weapons and smuggling them out of the U.S., but it doesn't describe the ensuing death toll. Mexican Attorney General's office asked the ATF to trace a 50 caliber semi-automatic machine gun they say helped take down the military helicopter. After it was recovered, officials traced it back to Flores El Tuegu. That was fun. <laughs> Speaking of ammunition being supplied to people who shouldn't have it, Go to the St. Louis shooter. We have new, new details about how he acquired his gun and uh, the times that he was denied a gun and the fact that the uh, the fact that the law had been to his house to remove guns from the house. We're going to go ahead and hit the content warning for this. Since this is involving a school shooting, I do want to give my disclaimer. Remember, kids, shoot up drugs, not schools. Much better time for everyone involved. 
News 4 has uncovered St. Louis police were called to the shooter's home multiple times. That includes when his family was concerned he had a gun and they wanted it removed. News 4 investigator Susan Elcori takes a closer look at what's happened at the teen South City home over the course of many months and why some info is missing. We found police records that show officers went to the shooter's house days before the tragedy at Central VPA. When we tried to find out what happened, we learned officers never filed a report. Turns out that wasn't the only time. They contacted us and said that he had had a farm. I believe it. Well, motherfucker. Okay, we had given the cops props in this case. They did not pull a Uvalde. They took the shooter down. It seemed that they acted with, with courage and bravery in the face of an active shooter. We gave the cops props, but now it appears that... um. They uh, dropped the ball in the days before, of course, because of course they did. Could have possibly been this gun. St. Louis police detail a recent call they got from family of the Central VPA shooter, concerned he had a gun. The officers in their response uh, handed it over to somebody else, uh, an adult who was lawfully able to possess it. Um, the mother at the time wanted it out of the house. Um, so they facilitated that. This other party had it. Police aren't saying who that adult was. Officers say they're trying to figure out if it was the same gun used in the shooting, and if so, how it made so it we don't know yet. into the shooter's hands. How he acquired it after that, you know, we don't know. That's what we're, we're looking into now. The department hasn't said what day that happened. We'll check and, and we'll... Uh, We'll, and we'll put that information out. News 4 investigates obtained police records that show days before the shooting, officers went to the gunman's South City house on October 15th for domestic disturbance. But there's no police report for that call. We asked the department why and answer we're... Oh, this is a young black man, by the way. So they had a chance to terrorize a young black man for a legitimate reason, and they didn't do it. What the fuck? <laughs> I... This is the world that we live in. Still waiting on. I've got to give give credit to the family. They, they made every effort that they felt that they reasonably could, um, and I think that's why the mother is so heartbroken over the families. Okay, if the family made every effort they reasonably could, it is on you fucks. It is literally on you fucks. Now, I still, there is the matter of legality, the laws. What exactly could they have arrested him on, held him on? Their ability to be able to confiscate the firearm. There are the local jurisdictions uh, uh, policy on it to the state laws. There's a lot of red tape. So don't think I'm going all out on the cops. But yeah, mostly the cops. Fuck the cops. They they dropped the ball on this. They paid for his uh, for his episode. Police records show in all officers were called to the shooter's house at least six times twice this past July, one for an accident, the other for a suicide attempt, and again, no police reports for either call. Last year, police were called to the home three times, including for something involving a weapon. 
Another was for the crisis response unit, officers trained to handle mental health calls. Mental health is a difficult thing, you know. It, it's just, it's and it's hard to, to tell. And I don't want to pass this off on mental health because it seems out. that We're this kid was an incel. Police to get more information and to better understand the process of when a gun is taken from someone and what police ultimately have the ability to do. Susan L. Corey, News Four Investigates. Yeah, but some states are like I don't know that Missouri is like Alabama for 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 example on civil asset forfeiture. They do indeed use that to take people's shit all the fucking time. And in some states, because they're red states, they have laws, you know, proactively banning the confiscation of guns and shit. So that's what I'm saying. Like, there's still the subject of exactly what the law was, how they could operate. But it really seems that the cops dropped the ball on this one big time. I'm going to hit the content warning for the next one as well. Well, we don't know if that he actually was ever put in the state mandated psyche valve. We we don't know that yet. He could have very well done his uh usually usually what it's like a it's a three day to thirty thirty day thing. The content warning on this one, if you were with us last night. We did the closing arguments and we did the reading of the verdict in the Daryl Brooks uh, Waukesha Christmas Parade Killer Trial. Daryl Brooks represented himself. He is a crazy-ass sovereign citizen that believes laws don't apply to him. It doesn't believe that the courts are legitimate and the government is legitimate in any way and that they have no jurisdiction over him. We also played the victims' families giving their statements after the verdict was read. Now tonight, I'm going to present to you Daryl Brooks's mom. Daryl Brooks's mother is sharing her opinions on the verdicts today. Fellow News' Caroline Reinwald spoke with her and she joins us now live. Caroline. Just just to be clear, it was 67 counts in total. Seven, I'm sorry, 76 counts in total. Six counts of uh, intentional homicide. Over 60 counts of uh, negligent, or I'm sorry, of reckless endangerment. Over 60 counts of reckless endangerment. It took over 25 minutes for the judge to read guilty on all 76 counts. Joyce, she tells me the trial has been difficult for her to process. She also says her son is mentally unwell, though she did share her thoughts for the victims and their families as well. Oh, the hate was stopped. The hate mail was stopped. The hate emails that I was receiving was stopped. You know, and, and people's hearts began to heal. My heart still goes out to the family. My condolences to all of them, but I hope that they can begin to heal. Dawn Woods, the mother of Daryl Brooks, says she did not watch the verdict live today, but learned from loved ones of her son's conviction and says she's not surprised. When your son said that he didn't mean this wasn't intentional, did you believe him? I, I know my son. I know it wasn't intentional. People who are mentally ill need help. 
and community, family, loved ones, the court system need to give them the help that they need. Now Woods tells me that she did speak with her son today, though she would not tell me exactly what they talked about. She says that needs to stay between a mother and son. Joyce. And Caroline. If she willingly spoke to the the news, I'm I'm cool with that. It did look like they were at her house. I don't know so much of them. I'm cool with that. You know, that's that's different than being out in front of the courthouse and giving a statement to the news. News knocking on your door and getting a statement is like I, I, I wish reporters wouldn't do that. So. I I believe that he didn't intentionally kill the people. I I honestly do. As far as I know, he was running and apparently didn't know a parade was going on. He he tried to claim in court that, you know, he honked and that he was trying to alert the the bystanders to his presence, but dude, no. No, the road was closed. You've got no fucking excuse. It may not have been intentional. I don't think you sat out that morning and you're like, I'm going to go ram a bunch of people at a parade. But like, fuck, you got to pay the price for that. Trying to trying to play to the jury's heartstrings and be like, I'm not a demon. That ain't that ain't a fucking winning argument, dude. I agree. They didn't commit the crime. I feel sorry for that woman. I would love to give her a hug. Sharon Brooks was her name, I believe. I would give that woman a hug. Or she has been through hell. Big decision has been made in the viral professional fishing scandal. Is Warlord still here? He was really into this story. Really into this story. Last month, Chase Kaminsky and Jake Runyon were considered the winners of the Lake Erie Walleye Trail Championship event. However, they were busted for stuffing their walleye with lead weights and other debris. On Thursday, the sports world received an update on Kaminsky and Runyon. Fisher grifters. (laughs) Kaminsky and Runyon pleaded not guilty to cheating and other charges this week. They had a brief court appearance in Cleveland on Wednesday. I didn't know that this was... I didn't know that this was a thing that was going to be adjudicated in courts. Cuyahoga County Prosecutor Michael C. I guess it's fraud. Uh, And if the prize is big enough, I guess it's a fucking, it's it's a felony. Cuyahoga County Prosecutor Michael C. O'Malley has already said that he believes Kaminsky and Runyon's alleged actions are indeed criminal. God damn it. Oh, fuck. Did they, did he actually go on Fox News? Uh, it doesn't look like they actually went on Fox News. The other competitors from the Lake Erie tournament were understandably furious with Kaminsky and Runyon. When weights were found in their walleye, 
Kaminsky and Runyon would have won $28,760 in prizes. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. That is that is felony fraud. I was like, isn't this a thing that's adjudicated by the the governing body of whatever the the fishing tournament thing? Like NASCAR would handle something like this. But apparently, apparently, this is this is a huge deal because that's that's a lot of fucking money. Yep, it, it's, 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 it's felony fraud. So, yep. Fair enough. Someone who is not committing felony fraud but is still getting laughed at is contestant on Jeopardy who apparently had a very wrong answer. Now, for decades, the rule on Jeopardy has always been one to a customer. Contestants play until they lose, whether that's in their first game or their 41st game. And then we have to say goodbye. But this is the competition where that all This was changes. Jeopardy champions getting a second chance. On Jeopardy Tuesday, and contestant Jack Weller hoped to avoid being on the losing end of a headline this time. In your first appearance on the show, you took eventual Tournament of Champions player Brian Chang to a tiebreaker question. It was very exciting. What was the reaction to that when that show aired? A lot of my friends were a little sad, and so they started somewhat in jest of bringing Jack Jack campaign. Jack played a fantastic game, but he made one tiny moose steak. Plurals that don't end in S for four. Moose. Jack. What are meese? No. <laughs> no, Jack. Alicia. What is moose? What are moose? moose? Yes, are that's correct. Well, more than... That's fantastic. What are meese? What are meese? <laughs> that when that show aired. A lot of my friends were a little sad, and so they started... This is the second chance on Jeopardy. Back Jack campaign. Jack played a fantastic game, but he made one tiny moose steak. Plurals that don't end in S for four. Moose. Jack. What are meese? No. No, Jack. Alicia. What is moose? What are moose? moose? Yes, that's correct. Well, more than... <laughs> I, like, I like her little slip up there, too. That was great. Because what is moose and what are moose? Goddamn. <laughs> what are me? Oh. Fair enough. Multiple moose are not meese. And even though his answer was embarrassing, the overwhelming majority of reactions on Twitter were positive as several viewers found him relatable. One person tweeted, a guy on Jeopardy just guessed that the plural of moose Tag team. Meese, and I am totally here for it. He should get extra points for that. While another person wrote, I doubt I have ever laughed as hard at a Jeopardy response as I I'm did. I'm sorry, what are the tag team champions? answered Meese for the plural of moose. Despite not knowing the plural of moose, Jack knew a whole bunch of other stuff, including which two seas were separated Wait, by... Wait, did he get... Did he win? What are the Baltic and North Seas? That's correct. These are the straits between Denmark on the south and Norway and Sweden on the north. So you're going to be adding... Probably not much. Just $100. $26,000. Oh, he still won even though he, he said Mies. 
second chance finalist of the week. Congratulations. He still won, even though he got me wrong. How would how would you how would you feel losing to the guy who said Mies? Apparently, he's a fan favorite now, according to this article. Battle of Awesome, who who was asking me these trivia questions last night, and like they were they were insanely hard, and they were very specific to the time period, and then just all of a sudden he started asking them, and they were like. They were they were easy to me. I'm like, okay, I can do that. And it's that that one's easy as well. Is the million dollar man? I'm sorry. What is the million dollar man? What is the million dollar Mises? Oh, is Haku? Oh shit. Motherfucker. Fair enough. Embarrass me. That's almost as embarrassing as the Mises. Almost as embarrassing as the Mises. I said earlier I wanted to highlight this story just because, you know, I guess it's a feel-good story involving the trans community. We don't get a lot of those. It's usually bigots being bigots. Thai transgender businesswoman buys Miss Universe for $20 million. Um, but capitalism and pageants are probably very exploitative, but good for her. And I like I like the representation. A Thai businesswoman and transgender advocate pushed uh, purchased the Miss Universe pageant for twenty million dollars. Seems like a steal. <sighs> and Chakarajatib, I am sorry for butchering your name is a celebrity in Thailand, and I used her, I guess that's her American name, because there is a first name there that I also didn't want to attempt. She's a celebrity in Thailand who has starred in reality shows and is an outspoken about being transgender. Her company, JKN Global Group Public Co. LTD, wrote in a news release Wednesday that it acquired the rights to the Miss Universe pageant from IMG Worldwide, which has owned the Miss Universe organization since 2015. The former U.S. President Donald Trump was part owner of the pageant rights from 1996 until IMG's purchase. The pageant is broadcast in 165 countries. So, good for her. Yeah, it does seem like a steal, but also it was a brand associated with Trump, so... There, there is that. Alright, finishing up tonight, I teased it earlier on. I don't usually tease your animal video, but this one was an interesting one. No puppers were hurt... In this video, they're okay. They only had a little bit of the weed. Two puppers got into some edibles. They only had a little bit. They both reacted very differently. <laughs> Look at <laughs> That is that is the happy stoner and the paranoid stoner reaction side by side. <laughs> just wanna just wanna just wanna point out 
They are okay. They did not overdose on weed. They just had a little bit. Just had a little bit of an edible. And their reactions are priceless. It reminds me of that Elvis meme where it's like cocaine affects everybody differently. And Elvis is like, oh, like, you're ready to go on with the show. And one dude's like, and another dude's like, (laughs) (laughs) they're both good boys. They're both the bestest boys. I mean, other than they stole some pot. Battle Opossum. I think that emote looks like fucking Conrad Thompson, too. It annoys the shit out of me. Oh, oh, I guess I'll, I'll bring you back to the I'll bring you back to the high dogs here in a second. But like, I guess it is the breaking news. Justin gets his Twitter back shortly. Elon Musk completes his forty-four billion dollar Twitter takeover, according to U.S. media reports. It ends months of bad blood between the two parties regarding the takeover, with Elon Musk complaining about fake accounts on the platform and claims by a whistleblower that Twitter misled regulators about security risks. Yeah, the the LUL emote. Lol emote. Possibly Adam, and I mean, like, if if the cats like it, I'll breathe I'll breathe pot into their faces. Apparently, the deal is complete. Does everybody like? There are wrestling fans in here, but everybody might not know what what Conrad looks like. This is the king of wrestling podcasts right now. I mean, I don't listen to him. It is it is the exact same fucking face. <laughs> the exact same fucking face. And it's Conrad Thompson. Do the emote again. Rick Flair's son-in-law. So when I met him, he, this is crazy, right? When I met him, I met him in like uh, 2017. It would have been like January of 2017. And this is where his podcast just picking up steam and shit. And he's starting to get kind of big. And he really implied to me that he was fucking Charlotte Flair. Or at least that's the way I took it. I remember coming home and being like, talking to my friend, be like, he implied that he's fucking Charlotte Flair. Turns out he wasn't implying that he was fucking Charlotte Flair. He was implying that he was fucking uh, Ric Flair's other daughter, Megan. <laughs> but I, I, I had misinterpreted what he, and this was before it was like public that he was dating her and like they're married now. 
But like, I, I, I wondered why he tried so hard to let me know that he was fucking. Sh- and Charlotte is what I thought he was alluding to. But I didn't even, I didn't even think about Rick having another daughter. I knew he had another daughter, but Charlotte was like, you know, front and center at the time. We're talking about we're we're going into WrestleMania season. I, like I, I meet him in his office. Like a I. I worked with this right-wing asshole that was like the, the you know, like the, the Dan Bongino of North Alabama, right? On the radio, on the television. He he has nothing to do with me. He has to be blocked on everything just because, like, I fucking made fun of him so many times. The thing that really pissed him off was, like, I, I was dunking on him on Twitter, and then I made a meme like it, like I used a basketball, like apparently I used a really popular basketball meme too. Like I put my face on on the dude that was dunking, and like his nuts was on the other dude's head, and I put his face on the <laughs> like in my nuts. So he blocked me because you know I'm good at shit like that, and it makes him look like shit. Damn right, you can see some high doggy. Conrad made me think that he was fucking Charlotte Flair, but he took me to meet Conrad. And I thought Conrad was incredibly stupid. But he's the dude that uh, hosts fucking every other wrestling podcast you can name. Like William Reap, no, not William Reap. William Reap was on the co-host. The Arn Anderson podcast, the Jeff Jarrett podcast, the Bruce Pritchard podcast. It's that motherfucker that's the laugh emote in Twitch. That's how we got off on that. Anyway, join us fucking shit. Go watch that Candace Owens video on my YouTube. It's fantastic. But what I meant to say was join us tomorrow on... on, on, on Twitch and YouTube for the Friday Night Freak Show. Media Winch, special guest co-host for the Halloween special edition a pumpkin ended up looking a lot like Hulk Hogan. Oh, you didn't know Jeff Jarrett and and Arn. Okay, so Arn Anderson's is kind of boring. I'll listen to the good clips on YouTube. Jeff Jarrett's is interesting enough that you might want to listen to full episodes, but you're probably only going to listen to you know the saga of starting TNA and shit like that. Once you've once you've done the the, the big episode, you're probably gonna be like, yeah, I've had enough of had enough of the uh, uh, Jeff Jarrett podcast. Or maybe you really like Jeff Jarrett. I'm a I'm a slap nuts from way back. Aaron Anel, what up, dude? A run, maybe that's better. A run, is is that am I saying your name? Arun, 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 boom, Arun, Arun. I love you, man. I'm so glad to have you here. Tones, good evening. Oh shit, I was in your stream. You're probably based then. I've been I've I've been trying to stop by and and check out some other base streamers. Say hi. Oh guys, by the way, I am uh, I'm I'm contemplating uh, on Monday night. I, I hadn't planned on doing anything for Halloween. How about we do like an hour of news and then I'll come back on and uh, let's play let's play a spooky video game. 
and I'll chat with you guys while we play a spooky video game. We'll do, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put up some kind of a poll in Discord or something. We'll do like a Dark Pictures Anthology, like Resident Evil 3 remake. That's really short. I can play that in like one setting. Indian leftist politics guy. Fuck yeah. I love you. That's all you had to say. I'm, I'm, I, I might be a little stoned. And not remember you exactly, but Indian leftist politics guy, you are automatically cool in my book. There's your animal video. Fucking A, thank you, Adam. Once again, like I like I am very sorry that you're having uh, problems with your credit card, and I hope you get that straightened out. But you you are under no obligation to come in here and make it rain, and we appreciate what you have done for the community. As well as saying, like earlier, I didn't catch the commercials, but I'm pretty sure nobody is seeing them because Tones took care of everybody, which is which is freaking badass. Tones deserves a shout out for that. Anybody who might be new here, I'm Justin Freegan. I do the news Sunday through Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern. On Friday nights, we do the Friday Night Freak Show. This Friday, we have special guest co-host, the Media Winch from Echo Plex Media. Friday Night Freak Show is kind of like the Troll Patrol, only it's me and like our, our special guest co-host reacting to stupid shit. We kind of we kind of leave the politics. For the Sunday through Thursday show, Friday night we do some bullshit. Me and the media winch can be talking about some bullshit tomorrow night. So tune in for the Friday night freak show. Uh, I can sum up my politics with one simple phrase. I'd give anything to piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. Give me that eye pussy, sir. That's what I should have been for Halloween. I should have been Dan Crenshaw's eye hole. Not too late. I might be able to come up with that costume. Here's your poppers for the day. We go find us somebody to raid. I don't think it's time for Echoplex yet, but I do recommend coming back later to Echoplex for Satanic Panic and the Thetans. Uh, we're going to go say hey to Squid. Squid coming up is going to be a special guest co-host. Read my mind, Adam. Read my mind. We're going to be co-hosting here shortly on the Friday Night Freak Show. I'm trying to remember if I actually nailed down a date with him in November or if I just threw it out there to him. We'll find out. Squid will be a special guest co-host shortly, and that's who you're going to go say hey to right now if you're watching on Twitch. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It is all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I am Justin Freegan. We will see you tomorrow night on the Friday Night Freak Show.